Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number three of our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast Hall of Fame Bites 2018 edition. I am Joe Morata still, and this is still Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Good. Um, your coat there, it's a little what? messed up there. Oh, you know what? You, you know gotta, why? You have to, you're getting a little... I was getting word yeah. that we're fighting off yet another winter storm. Yes. Here in spring, yeah. here in the Northeast, and... uh Things were getting a little rugged. I was running around out there trying to figure a few things out. So I appreciate you looking out for me there, Yeah, pal. and uh, delayed howdy duty, but I got to look out for my partner <laughs> That's there. That's right. Because have... you don't want to be embarrassing at the Hall of no, Fame. No, yeah. definitely not embarrassing at the Hall of Fame, especially if I was talking about wandering through Bruno's yard. Right. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. If this is your first time stumbling upon uh, YouTube with these two guys in suits, what are they doing? Why are they talking about the Hall of Fame? And what, what am I watching? Stay with us because we're going to talk about two more inductees in the 2018 WWE Hall of Fame class, but we also do something else every single Monday. It's our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, and it's a great time. Uh, be sure to check it out. Yeah, it's good. It's a good it's show, a good I think. It's a good show. I really it comes do think on so. every week on Mondays. Every single Monday without fail, and you can find it at OVP Podcast on Twitter, OVPPodcast.com, and our Facebook group, the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast Discussion Group. And those of our regular fans, thank you for joining us as always. Quinn, we got a lot of ground to cover today. We have two big inductees to talk about. Uh, they're big, all right. They're big, especially <laughs> one of them. And I suppose we should just launch right into it, right? There's no real preamble needed, is there? Not at all. I don't think so. So let's start right away. Maybe this will cue you up. This is a, a team that uh, embodies the early 2000s for me and many other fans. And probably the 90s for others. For Yeah, exactly. Here they are. This is the Dudley Boys. Uh, not all of them, which I guess we'll... we'll We'll give a little lip service to all of them and, and bring up a few things. Yeah, but I was going to say, are we inducting all of the Dudleys? Like, uh, no, no. They just say Dudley boys. It's just <laughs> the boys. The brothers is the entire family. Now, folks, before we get into the two that are actually being inducted, which would be Bubba Ray and Devon, let's go all the way back to 1995 ECW with the original Dudley. Uh, Dudley Dudley. Yes, and his partner, <laughs> Snot. Yes, Snot. And their enforcer, Big Dick. Right. And now, in, in late 1995, yeah. that was the uh, the original Dudley family, if you will. Right. It's kind of weird that we're inducting a team that's not the original team. That's true, actually. Because I, if I recall from my like ECW viewing, and correct me if I'm wrong, fans, but they were called the Dudley Boys, even the original ones. I believe so, or the Dudley Brothers. I can't one remember. The, one yeah. or the other, but yeah. it, it's close enough. It's a little odd right. that uh, Bubba Ray and Devon here kind of <laughs> pushing out Snot and Dudley Dudley. <laughs> and Big Dick, don't and, forget. Yeah. Now, none of them were very good, and they had this elaborate backstory. They're from Dudleyville. But Bubba Ray joined in late 95. Now, Bubba Ray, Bubba, as it was said in ECW, yes. B-U-H, because he stuttered. Right, right. He was a big, fat guy. Kind of in the vein of like a Ray trailer. A yeah, little, he wasn't like fat per but se, husky. but he was like he was a husky dude. He was he was like a three hundred pounder kind yeah. of thing. Not not like a four hundred. No, got like not a Vader or something. Akeem. <laughs> and what he did is he had a stuttering gimmick and he had the glasses. Yeah, and he the, was a big douchebag. Everyone big douche. in the audience. <laughs> they were joined uh, by additional ancillary Dudley, such as Chubby Dudley. Yes, um, Sign Guy Dudley, and who could of course forget Quinn? Your favorite Dudley name. 
Dances with Dudley. Yes, a, uh, <laughs> a reference American. to the movie uh, Dances with Wolves. Yes, exactly. Um, he was the Native American Dudley. Yes, he was. So he was Dances with Dudley. <laughs> That's right. And in 1996, finally in April, they were joined by uh, a Dudley that looked a little different than them because he was, of course, their half-brother. Right, the runt of the litter. Uh, no, I'm talking about uh, Devon, actually. Oh, oh, sorry. A little yeah. different than them. Oh, you know, yes. being facetious there. Right. The backstory. And I apologize. Sp- Spike would eventually <laughs> so become. So many Dudleys. That's okay. Spike was eventually yeah. the uh, the runt of the litter Quinn is referring to. I believe he also went by brother runt in TNA. Did he not? Spike Dudley? Possibly. <laughs> Devon Dudley. Devon. Uh, he was, of course, a half-brother, and that's why right. he looked different than the rest of the family. And these guys, like Quinn alluded to, were douchebags. Oh, man. They're, they're one of the best heels ever. Like, they were. They actually have a reputation for being more hated than like almost any team to ever happen. I don't know. Maybe the uh, Midnight Express. but Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, seriously, the Dudleys, they were, like, riot-inducing. Like, there was there were people, like, scared. Yeah, this was this was folks late '96 throughout like '99 ECW that right. we settled into the Bubba Ray and Devon team being what Quinn described, just riot-inducing, insulting everyone in the audience, and they were a brawling team in ring at the time in ECW. They weren't too revolutionary. They were in the right. vein of like a Public Enemy, yeah, type of team. They, they were kind of the replacement to Public Enemy if you think about it, because With you know, one, they, yeah. you know, Public Enemy had left a couple years prior, mm-hmm. and I mean, the regular Dudleys had debuted even while the Public Enemy was there. They're still so, there, yep. Um, but they they kind of took the mantle of the uh, premier team of ECW. They did, and they were instantly recognizable in their uh, overalls and tie dye shirts in right. ECW. Which they would eventually get away from in WWE. Which always made me sad because that's kind of like if they're from Dudleyville and kind of like Hicks or that's whatever. What they wear in, in Dudleyville. Yeah, it's just a little it's odd. They should have never took that away, actually. I know. So in ninety nine, the end of ninety nine, I believe it was September, they left ECW money. They just wanted more money. They were worth money, and obviously Paul's not gonna be able to pay him tons of money. Yeah. Even at the time. And a um a note here, by the way, uh sure. as far as they're leaving and Paul um Bubba behind the scenes yes. had uh <laughs> was practically like Paul's right hand man running the company. Yes, he was. Mark uh what what's what's his Mark Lamonico. Mark Lamonico. Yes. And, and yeah, he he got a lot of experience. That was his first gig uh helping run a wrestling promotion mm-hmm. and he is well respected to this day yes. as a very knowledgeable person in the business because he basically helped Paul run a promotion out of the back of his car. Mm-hmm. You know, he was uh, instrumental in running he was in ECW. He was, and he would go on to great single success in TNA as a uh, bully Ray. Right, couldn't use the Dudley name in TNA. Right, uh, and became like a, a star in his own right. Yeah, he, he won the uh, TNA World Title. He did he did? And he updated his character. It was like kind of a send off from the original. Yeah, it was but, actually closer to the original yeah. Bubba that like pissed people off, but talked more. Obviously, he didn't have a stutter, but was a dick. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so by the time they left ECW at the towards the end of the summer into the fall of 1999, and I don't know who wanted to bring them in. It might have been Vince Russo. He was still there. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on it. Um, they came in initially with their tie dye and the stuttering gimmick and the glasses. Just the same thing, basically, like yes. copy paste into WWF. And I remember being very excited at the time, Quinn. Oh, yeah. It was exciting because the tag division was just heating up at the time. Yes. Uh, Edge and Christian were having their feud with the Hardys. That's correct. And it was ripe for additions. Yep. We were kind of phasing out 
the acolytes era, meaning the acolytes, not the APA. No, you know, like we they were getting come the APA later, right? We were getting rid of like that that earlier ninety nine ninety eight stench, yeah. And even the outlaws were kind of on the decline by that time, yeah. Which upset me only because I felt the outlaws, if they were in the mix of all this, it would have been interesting, right? I agree. Yeah, it, it would have been. They were in the mix. Uh, the Dudleys beat them in two thousand, early two thousand, I think February, and yeah. I loved it. I was like, "Good, get the new team in here. It's the yeah. year two thousand. Have them beat the Outlaws." You know, in a, I loved it in a weird way. You know, we always talk about Demolition getting like fucked over by like Legion of Doom when they came came in. It's the kind same of the thing. the Dudleys kind of were like, "Well, we have no room for the Outlaws anymore. Fuck yep. them," and they just were like silently eliminated. Honestly, and you know, to me, the Dudley Boys. And I guess we'll talk about their WWE impact shortly. They were always what the nasty boys should have been. That's an interesting observation. I never thought of that before. It's not just because they have boys in their name, but like the nasties were mediocre brawlers that weren't very interesting. The problem with the nasties is they were like a little too goofy to me. Yeah. They weren't like, even though the Dudleys aren't exactly serious or anything, but they were assholes. Yeah, but they're just dicks like right. they're they're truly assholes they're not like let me put my armpit in your face give you noogies right. like it's like they're, the, the the nasty boys are like an annoying older brother they're like, like wayne bully. yeah they're like, like wayne yeah. from the wonder right. years or something but they're gonna take your milk money you know pull your pants down these guys are like delinquents right like, like not, not they're not butthead. criminals but they're like they're they're like the bad kid in school that's like really bad the one yes. that like the cops get called on mike bogdan yeah <laughs> yeah or ricky kime yeah so- so anyway, yeah. but, but as far as the Dudley's impact, right, to go along with Quinn is saying, after they phased out their initial, the tie-dye gimmick and the stuttering thing, the but-but-but, whatever, right, they developed this weird gimmick of putting people, anyone, through tables. Women, yeah. animals, not really, but, you know, like Old anyone. May Young, yes. Terry Runnels, anyone's going through the table, and Bubba Ray developed this, like, fetish for it almost, you know? Yeah, he would have this weird look. Like afterwards. orgasmic almost. Yeah, they were yeah, they, they they never said that. I didn't, they they would say like they would say he's in that like oh, daze in a trance or, there, yeah, the trance days. or daze or something. And that was the famous like uh Devon, what? Get the tables every single time, right? right? So they had that catchphrase too. And I always liked that catchphrase yeah. because that was something that was popular in the 90s, and I think every team really needed it to stand out. And a catchphrase, it w- yeah. And it was cool that theirs was in the middle of the match, like when they were about to do their <laughs> yeah. special thing. Like they would go like Devon, and then like the crowd would be what? like, "What? Get, Get the, the tables. tables!" And then they would do the yeah. whole thing, right? Yeah, and the crowd would start to mouth it too, and like even the crowd would do the Devon with him after a while. Yes. Like uh, the whole thing would become, yeah. you know, an audience sing along, yeah. which is a hallmark that you're over, right? And it's especially good for tag teams, I think, because tag teams they're never going to be, you know, single stars unless special cases like Sean and sure. Brett, but like. For them, like they, this is this is helpful to getting them over, and the crowd's happy to see them every week. Absolutely. And then one thing that, as they started to get more over as faces, they adopted something from an old Budweiser commercial. What's up? Remember right. that? Right. Well, and they would do the was up drop. Now you say old, but the thing is, it's it was old. it was at the time, like it was at the Super Bowl of two thousand. So it's like, yeah, it, it happened it, in two thousand. It was only like a couple months old. I really think it was earlier than that. I think it was like ninety eight when that thing started. Oh, the was up? Thing? I think so. It was oh, a little okay. old. It wasn't really old. Okay. And I could be wrong. We don't have time to look it up. We only have a half hour today. Yeah. We get yeah, Lord squeezed Alfred, for time forget. on these yeah. things. So sorry for the lack of re- Tell me about the lack of research on your show. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the was up drop, though, got yeah. like a big reaction from the crowd as well. And obviously, we'd be remiss to not mention their contributions to both 
not not only the the two TLC matches, but also the precursor at WrestleMania 2000. That was what put them on the map with the Hardys right. and Edge and Christian, and that match, and then the TLC at SummerSlam 2000, and the TLC at WrestleMania 17. Yep. That those three matches, in my opinion are what cemented the tag division of the early 2000s. Right. And is probably one of the bigger reasons why they're in the Hall of Fame. I agree. Um, their their contribution there was innumerable. Uh, they, they could really just do anything with these teams, too. It's like, I the thing with the Dudleys is, I don't remember particular storylines. I just remember good matches, like, every week on Raw. Yeah. Like, and it was awesome. And every pay-per-view was fun. It was like, oh, the Dudleys are going to mm-hmm. fight uh, Hardys, just only the Hardys. Or right. the, the APA or some shit. Like, it, it, <laughs> yeah, But no. it, it, it's fun. And these are the kind of people you need in your tag division and just on your, your car every night. Yes, correct. These are important members. This is, mm-hmm. this is what people want to see before the main event. And yes. not be like annoyed, like oh, I'm waiting just so Stone Cold could stun someone or something, right? You know, like exactly. You know, like it's <laughs> like true. no, it's like I'm actually looking forward to the Dudley's match. Absolutely, yeah, and I some, always look forward to them too. And sometimes you would even forget you were looking forward to it. Like you right. would get to that part of the show and you'd be like, oh shit, I totally forgot, forgot the, Dudleys the Dudleys are gonna have some ladder shit with right. somebody. This is awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, before we we wrap up here, I think we should just mention that that Quinn was right. I was handed a note here. Uh, it was late '99 when the was up. Oh. debuted and they started using it in the summer of 2000 I okay, think so okay. it wasn't that old I thought it was from 98 so yeah I remember I it being timely that's it was, all it was timely yeah um, Quinn unquestionably they're Hall of Famers in my mind for for that alone they went on to have um, a pretty good rest of their career they both left around 05 I yeah. believe they went to TNA they did their thing there they came back for a little revival yep. run just just for fun nothing offensive or anything yeah, it wasn't offensive yeah it was actually not offensive for yeah, once it was just you know? like oh hey the dudleys are here they're gonna yeah. have some matches and lose because matches. they're old now because they're old now right yeah uh bob obviously was the bigger star the single star he was the younger one also yeah and he was probably the more ring savvy one i want to say he and he better he, he knew psychology too i could tell that mm-hmm. when i saw a single run it's a great wrestler mick yeah. foley once said that uh, he reminded him of him. McFoley right. said that Bubba reminded him of yeah. himself. And uh, it, it's it's really a shame Bubba never got his um his own run in WWE. Right. Um, I, I agree. It took going to TNA. Yeah. Um and it not that it was bad. People kind of like that actually. Yeah, but it's TNA. Yeah, it's, it's still TNA. it's still at the end of the day. I think he's an ROH now, but which is better. But at the end of the day, you're in TNA. It's yeah. just like what are you gonna do with that? He was yeah. good. Yeah. And also, so Devon was retired by the time. Yeah, like I mean, he's he was older too. He was older. He was kind of on his way out. But as a team, unquestionably, to me, I mean, look, Hillbilly Jim's in this year, and obviously, we're fine with that. Yeah, I've reason. That's actually speaking of that. That's the last note I wanted to say on the Dudleys. Yep, perfect. I think they are the most deserving people. Um, without question, no-brainer people in yeah. there. Like I know the headliners Goldberg and stuff, and he definitely deserves obviously. it too. But I think actually the Dudleys are a bigger no-brainer than Goldberg. Well, they certainly had a longer career. Yeah. They, they did. Like, yeah. full-time career. Right. And I, I can't say more of an impact, because I think Goldberg's 90... More of an impact in the short-term Goldberg, maybe. Yeah. But maybe an impact in terms of the way they did tag wrestling for a while and a few things like that. Right, and right. what it did for the careers of some other teams. Yep. 
That's debatable. And and the impact in ECW, don't forget that too. And the impact in ECW, they came to find that that mid nineties, late nineties part of ECW also. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm with you. I mean, there's no doubt about it that they should be in. Right. So the day that we've been waiting for for many years, Quinn, though, is finally here. Right. Because our next inductee, folks, Quinn and I, I'll, I'll admit this, and let's let's pick one of his theme songs. Let's let's listen in with this one. Yeah, baby. I should mention also that if you are watching the video version, you can listen via audio on our normal podcast feed. And if you're only listening on audio, check it out on video also. You can see our snazzy suits here. Yeah. And uh, a little graphics there. Quinn, we got the graphic up, right? Yes. Mark Henry? Um, we got Mark Henry. I don't like He's it. our next inductee, but you don't like that graphic? I don't like this graphic. Do you have the other one? The good there's, one? There's one that I feel is the true graphic. Let's and see it, it is this. Ah, oh, uh, man. The coat. The salmon coat. As we listen to the <laughs> sweet tones of his sexual chocolate theme. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, Mark Henry. Who would have ever thought? I Okay. Mark Henry is one of those guys that if you asked me when he debuted in like, what was 96. that, 96? Yes. I would have said no way in a million years would I ever, first of all, expect him to be inducted right. or think he was deserving of being inducted. Absolutely, Quinn. It's unbelievable the journey Mark Henry went through. Right. And this guy, folks, was widely considered for several years a big failure, a big waste of a 10-year contract. Mm-hmm. He was a big signing in 1996 because he had been in the Olympics. Right. And Vince loves legit athletes. Maybe back then, I don't know about now. Yeah, also Vern Gagne loves <laughs> those kind of athletes. <laughs> and we saw how Reingans <sighs> turned out. If only Vern was still in business at the time. Yeah. And uh, Henry was obviously an Olympic weightlifter, a powerlifter, and he was uh, billed as the world's strongest man. I mean, is to this day. I don't know that he ever was truly the world's strongest man. And he's pretty damn strong. I'll give him credit. <laughs> damn strong. And he's proudly from Silsby, Texas. Yep. He's a Texas boy. Texas he, bred. Yep. And uh, he came in at a young age, I believe 24, 25 years old. Yeah, definitely um, young. And, and so the, the 10 years made sense, I guess, to them because, you know, Vince he's, he's young. <laughs> must have seen. I don't know who scouted them. I don't know who pointed them out. But Vince obviously okay the 10 year deal. Right. Vince must have seen potential in a 400 or whatever he was legit, at least 350, 375 legit looking yeah, at the guy. Well, I mean, if you look at Vince's history, um, There are guys that were always successes for him, you know, not big successes, no pun intended, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, people that always look like they belong were like the Akeems of the world. I can't believe a second Akeem reference today, but (laughs) this is why you tune in. Yeah, but you know, Bam Bam Bigelow, Bam Bam Bigelow, but like guys like that, they seem like a no brainer to Vince. And I I kind of agree too. You'll always have room for people like that. Big, impressive looking guy that's not only young, but a legitimate Olympic athlete. Yeah, I get the signing. And the thing is, usually you get those guys later on, especially right. an Olympian. So, right. more, so Vince probably just assumed, well, let me lock him up. He doesn't go to, you have to remember WCW existed yes, when he, he was signed. So. And this is a time where they were stealing. I don't want to say stealing. This is a time where they were signing anyone they could. And I don't think it was actually probably that expensive to sign Mark to a 10-year so. contract. <laughs> and and knowing Vince, and again, I could be wrong. I haven't looked into this too much. He probably figured, look, I'm going to lock him up for 10 years. 
I know already he doesn't know how to wrestle, but maybe within five years, three years, he'll be really yeah. good. That's probably the mind frame. Not that he's going to be good right away. Right. And he wasn't good right away. He was, you know, came out in his red, white, and fucking blue garb and feuded with Jerry Lawler, yeah, which I, I never... I going to say. I guess to learn psychology, it's the only possible explanation you know, I can uh, think looking of. Looking back with, like, you know, t- you know, hindsight 2020 or whatever, yeah. but, like, King is probably the perfect person to explain yeah. how to do this kind of thing to him. The things you don't realize when you're a kid. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, I don't want to see Jerry Lawler wrestle anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, who is this new guy that's boring but and really also, nice? WWE didn't do a good job like letting us know that King was like a crafty veteran right. who was like probably like one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Right. No, truly, truly. <laughs> yeah. If you really look at what makes a good wrestler right. in ring. Um, but he feuded with King. Then he kind of had a m- meandering career throughout 97. I think he had an injury for a while. Here, he was gone. Here's the thing you have to know about Mark Henry. Yeah. The way to appreciate Mark Henry is to know that he grew on us over time. It was he not an no. instantaneous thing. Gosh. And honestly, I didn't start really appreciating him until the sexual chocolate gimmick. Yeah, in 2000. This is when you start to see the... It's it's happening like yeah. it's like wait Mark is like he's developing a character and there's something different about yes. him and, and he stands out right and he can he's not just a big hoss that just jumps on people and wins yeah right right like he's funny he's mm-hmm. legitimately he funny he's one of the best characters in wrestling yeah he he got there from being Mister USA. Right. To joining the nation in the early 98 is the, like their hired muscle. And then the nation, that was the best thing that could happen. You surround him with now. Ron Simmons, who knows what the hell he's doing. Yep. And an up and coming Rocky Maivia, which lets, lent some charisma to the whole group. And also, in general, in a guy his own age in D'Lo, who D'Lo yeah. got it from day one. D'Lo was tremendous. Yeah, D'Lo got it from day one. So yes. you surround Mark with these guys, and I'm sure he got plenty of experience from all those guys. Absolutely. They probably traveled together knowing back then, you know? And he had some great stuff that Quinn and I didn't realize until a few years back when we were rewatching it. This feud with Vader that he had. Yeah. He, he had could, a great hard-hitting match with Vader. Yeah, that's the thing about Mark. Go back and look. He could do a big man match even before he could really go in the yeah. ring. Like, he could... He could convince you that, like, you're not knocking this guy down, uh-huh. and, and you put him up against a big tank like Vader, yeah. it's like, oh, shit, like, it this is awesome. huge. Yeah. It was awesome. And then finally, he uh, he, he kind of, at the end of 99, has a, starts to turn into the sexual chug, becoming more funny. Him and Deal were almost like a comedy team for yeah, a they while. Yeah, they were really great. <laughs> then I believe they feuded, and then uh, Mark Henry gave his famous uh, brainerism or something. That's my favorite mark henry thing like of his early career yes, is the brainerism. whole brainerism thing they got a brainerism it's at some random pay-per-view it's, like, it's the what september 99 what is was it unforgiven challenge yes. one or something yes it yeah. was yeah i think we got a brainerism or something yeah he's he's making excuses as to why he shouldn't defend his newly minted european title yes exactly and then he has the um the prostitute or the the transvestite um in friend of China, Sammy, you know, <laughs> he gets penis. <laughs> and Mark so Henry, stupid, but Mark it's funny. Henry is the perfect character type, especially back then, yes. to, to to pull off that I got tricked by a transvestite yeah. uh, storyline. He's hilarious. He's awesome at it. He doesn't yeah. give a shit. He has no shame about so the whole thing. That's the thing with Mark is he can beat the shit out of people, but he's kind of doofy. He's not yeah. stupid. No, he's just kind of like gullible, bumbly. And let's not forget his whole romance with may young 
that that was right after that, yeah. right? And this is where he becomes more into that sexual chocolate, you know, yeah. and that's his theme. And of course, he decides, you know what? I'm in love with Mae Young, who was like 107 by that time. <laughs> so the funny thing is, I believe you have to talk about the whole I hand believe thing. I he it. drops the sexual chocolate, and it's just like he's monogamous with Mae Young. He's very like happy about it i think they, they are, do they get married or something no. no he's just he's in he's infatuated with may young right yeah. and then they announce pregnancy God. and you're like this is not vince russo by the way <laughs> so you're puzzled because may young After. again like joe said is 107 years old yeah and then i feel like this went on for a little bit too long and then all of a sudden randomly like jr just cuts into the show it's like oh my gosh something's going on in back with may young she's sick something's wrong with her and, <laughs> and then they go to the back and Mae Young is like her, she's holding her stomach and she's in pain. And mind you, they didn't like pad her to make her look like she was pregnant or anything. No, this she's was so just stupid. in her typical like granny sweater or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the Betty White of WWE. Right. At that point. And all of a sudden, the doctors just start yelling, she's going into labor. And <laughs> they put like a, a white sheet over her, her pants area. So. You know, and then all of a sudden, um, she gives birth, and uh, it's it's a little baby hand. This is one of the worst <laughs> things that I, I it's might also be one of the best things. I might be the only person I know that doesn't find this funny. It's amazing, Joe. I want you guys to weigh in on this. It's so stupid that it's funny. Yeah, That's what it is. I guess so, Quinn. From what I understand, back in the seventies or twelves or whenever. <laughs> Uh, a hand was a female um, sex toy. And the implication there, the subtle joke, is that she used to have a, a, a sex toy in centuries ago. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until I looked into it. That's interesting because as a kid, I always just thought it was that she was so old that she was incapable of giving birth to a full-size human. So it was just a hand. That was my actual head That's cannon. what I thought too, Quinn. And anyway, you know, the final five minutes here, Let's let's breeze through so he went to ovw at the time yeah to get more seasoning just to to, to work. he's still young yeah <laughs> he came back in 2002 at 31 years old like he was still very young in 2002 and, and if i recall he came back and he he would always anytime mark henry he would come back, back he'd beat the shit out of someone yes like that was his mo yep and then he became more of like a big scary ass kicker uh some some injuries on and off throughout the 2000s but and then a little bit of success they he, finally yes. start giving him success with his new new work ability he also became the ecw champion in the late 2000s he also won the world heavyweight title he won the the world heavyweight finally like the big like happy for mark henry so this is during the period now as mark is becoming like a beloved figure by the yeah by the late 2000s into the turn of the decade yeah 2008 9 10 yeah it's like all right this guy's cool he had done this feats of strength thing remember that there's just there's nothing not to like about him he's just fun and it just and this is the point where you realize this guy grew on me. Right. Like, it's like, fuck, Mark Henry's great. I know. And then, of course, the famous angle in 2013. Yes. Where uh, he comes out in the big pink salmon, excuse me, jacket. As is in the picture for our inductee. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I'm retiring. Baby, I'm coming home. Now, it's so convincing. Because it's, it's, you would think, all right, he's, he's 42 years old at this right. point. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done much in a year or two. Right. But he has John Cena linger in the ring. For whatever reason, you know, yeah. I, I don't. 
he doesn't really explain that. He's like, John, I want you to stay here, right? The, the implication is that they're friends in the backstage or right, something. Right, yeah. And yeah. He, John Cena, I think, was the champion at the time. Right. And uh, he gives this big emotional speech, and the crowd's like, yeah, we're ready for it. Yeah, the crowd is like, we love you, Mark. Yep, like, thank it, you. It, it, it's like there's a thank you, Mark chant. Right. Like, now, I just want to mention something. This is the guy that, if Vince wanted out, the contract expired in 06. Right. This so, is 2013. Yeah, he's way past due, and he's amazing now. So he turns on Cena with the big power slam and a splash, I think it was. After this extremely... Conv- I cannot tell you how convincing it is. Go back and look. You're like, yeah, I, I love can't it. believe he <sighs> didn't retire. And that was his last real, real big run. It, he came back intermittently. He was kind of like, Ross. yeah. Basically, people <laughs> would would chant Rick Ross and the shaved head. He was just a big fun guy. Yes. I know he did a lot of house shows. Yeah, um, he was just he, he didn't was, really win. You know what I will say about him too? He was very loyal to the company. Um, yes, especially if you consider they sent him down to OVW. They and did, he stu- and he stuck around. He is look. Say what you will about him as an in-ring worker. I think he's completely serviceable for what he was supposed to be. Right. He was fine. I stay, Maybe I, better than fine. I say he could still go today. It almost feels early that he's retiring. I know he's in his 40s. Yeah, he's but like 45 or six. He doesn't look old. He looks like Mark Henry to me. Yeah, he looks like Mark Henry. Yeah. Uh, by everything I've ever heard about the guy, a great guy oh, in one real of, life. One of the nicest men in the business. Everyone loves him. And... These are the kind of people you expect to be in the Hall of Fame. Men of character. Men of character, of Do integrity. anything for the company. Yeah. Do anything for the company. All those early inductees, I put Mark in that pantheon. Yeah, like like with Hill, with uh, you mean early in the early on? Yeah, in the 90s. Classes, like yeah. those, a lot of those people like were loyal to the company people. Johnny Rods, guys or, like uh, that, yeah. Or, or um, uh, Chief J. Stronglow. Right, sure. Like, that's Mark Henry's, the modern day version of that. Just loyal would, he worked his way from nothing literally to something that the fans loved and they're sad to see him go almost i have been pining for mark henry to be put into the hall of fame because this is like a success story right this is a, a kid that was an olympic athlete listen to me kid like i'm old but a kid you know yeah. really like in his early 20s that was an olympic athlete that had never been a professional wrestler that signed a ludicrous by the senses, right? right? Contract for 10 years, immediately seemed like he was a bust, worked his ass off, did whatever the company wanted, dealt with whatever, dealt with whatever, put up with countless criticism. Yeah. To this day, people are like upset that he's in. Yeah. Like, really? Shut up. What is there to be upset about? The guy's awesome. Mark Henry's awesome. Salmon suit. Yeah. And he worked his ass off and he worked his ass off and they gave him titles because he deserved it. Yeah. He not, didn't become champion because he didn't deserve it. And he didn't politic his way there. No. And there's no like drama stories that I know of anyway of Mark he never Henry. embarrassed the company in any way. And he put up with anything they needed to throw at him they, for whatever reason. They made him do embarrassing shit. And then they, they rewarded him. And they and, rewarded him. Yeah. I mean, he he's the total. He's what you want in a Hall of Famer. So not we don't ever do this, but I want to just give a, a round of applause here to Mark Henry. Yeah. This is my most exciting inductee. Yeah. Of the entire class. Well, wait till the legacy inductees. <laughs> <laughs> but folks, I mean, that's that's Mark Henry in a nutshell. He is absolutely 100% deserving, in my opinion. I cannot see any reason to think otherwise. And if you think otherwise, hey, feel free to let us know. You can reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can reach us on Facebook at the R Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast Discussion Group. Listen to the audio version of our regular podcast coming out on Monday, and it's WrestleMania season, so we have some other goodies planned. 
But until next time, congratulations, Mark Henry and the Dudley Boys. Yes, to both. To both. And I am Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. Next week, as far as we know, we'll have uh, our final inductees, unless they throw a curveball at us. We'll have yeah. Goldberg and the Legacy Hopefully the Legacy. Hopefully the Legacy. They're the only ones we're hanging on. That's it. Until next time, folks, I am Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn saying so long. See ya.